Welcome to In the News for May 20, 2022. A lot of 20s in there. Good morning. I am Brett Bernie from AbstinLaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Hey, I'm, I'm on the road again, Jeff, but it's okay. I don't want to miss, uh, although I know we got the summer coming up. So, well, we, we there might be one or two in there that we'll have to see how we can work it out. But I'm always happy to talk with you every week. A lot of good stuff going on this week. You, first of all, uh, commented on some rumors. <laughs> we don't like doing rumors a whole lot, but Mark Gurman, uh, who is at Bloomberg and is well known for kind of like uh, reporting on some unannounced things or, 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 or projects maybe that Apple is coming up. And here's one that I got to tell you, I don't know if I'm very excited about this, Jeff, but I've heard a lot of people talking about that Apple is working on a, a virtual reality headset, and I've never used any of these, but some interesting stuff here. We'll see. I mean, it, 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 Mark reported that it was it was well enough along that it was uh, shown to Apple's board of directors, right? Yeah, that's probably the most interesting feature here. The, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of talking about rumors because they so often don't come to pass. But right. I feel like there's two projects that there is so much smoke with that we know that there's fire at Apple. They are definitely working on some sort of a headset, whether it's ultimately yeah. glasses yeah. or goggles. And they're definitely right. working on something with the car. I mean, we just know yeah, that the car, right? The hires. <laughs> you know, who knows when it will ever see the light of the day? But who they're knows? definitely working on something. So what I thought was the interesting news this week is for Mark Gurman to report on something as specific as it was shown off to the board of directors. Right. That's the sort of thing that like, you know, that would be a bizarre thing to just pull out of left field if it was completely made up. So I have right. to assume right. that he has a source that it actually was. And again, right. I don't know Apple's, you know, timetable for how they, you know, at what point do you show something to the board of directors? Mark points out in this article that when <laughs> right. Apple first debuted Siri, they showed it off to the board of directors shortly before it became public in the iPhone for S, I believe it was. That was a long time ago. But so, right. I mean, but who knows what the timetable <laughs> for this one is? But it, it would be interesting if the product is actually pretty close to Apple showing something off, even if it's not for sale until next year, which is what Mark says. But to get back to your point, I share your uh, skepticism of you know this product. I can't, I mean, the, Apple's not going to do something. They've got very smart people. They must think that there's something, that there's some there right. there, that right. people are going to actually spend a significant amount of money for this thing. I find it hard to believe I would spend much of my day walking around with something on me that's very cumbersome. At the same time, I remember one of, one of my favorite books from the last decade that I read was a book called... Uh, a demon by Daniel Suarez, where he talks about a futuristic world in oh, which people wear something that that looks just like regular glasses, but it would sort of show you in the top corner, you know, yeah, this is the person you're talking to. This is I would information about them. So, you know, I, I'm I think that there is something there, and I'm just really, really curious to see what Apple comes out with. And maybe they would come out with something, and you and I are like. There's no way we would ever spend right. money on that. But, you know, but then again, the first first versions, I mean, you think about the original Apple Watch, it was so slow and everything right. else. And here right. we are now and the Apple Watch works pretty well. So maybe Apple just needs to get something out there and then iterate on it. And then maybe a few years from now, we'll have something interesting. So I, I have a lot of skepticism about how this product would work and if it's something we would want. But the real news, the, the interesting story for me is that maybe we're close to seeing something. We'll see. Maybe it's we've been burned in the past, right? I remember several years ago, Google had, I think they called it Google Glass, Google right? Glass, yeah. Which was this pretty cool looking pair of glasses, but there were so many weird and odd things about it that, you know, I mean, the first iteration I know was a little bit uh, funny looking, but I just know people were saying that 
it just it doesn't work right. I mean, it was it was nice in theory, and then here I've, I'm showing a picture from this uh, Mark Gurman story here <laughs> that you know it just when people put on these huge goggle things, I, I think Oculus right is probably one of the, the companies that has a lot of these VR headsets. It's Facebook, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. And people you know, just look very awkward and weird, and maybe it's just leaving a bad taste in my mouth. Because I will tell you, I was I was talking on a group uh, just last week uh, that I'm a member of, and several of the people were all talking about they just got I can't remember the name of of one of those. It's like, like the Rift Two or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. But three or, or four people had purchased one. I think you know you can get it for a couple hundred dollars or so off of Amazon. And they were just talking about how fun it was. One was doing a roller coaster uh, game. There was somebody else that was, you know, uh, they were talking about like drawing a square around so that, you know, you don't bump into walls and stuff. And I just, I've never yet experienced talking about a virtual reality headset like, like I had experienced that last week. And I didn't have anything to add. I was just kind of like, wow. Really? I mean, is it is it you know is it that fun? So, like you said to your point, maybe maybe it's coming. I think maybe right now we just can't imagine what it would be like. You also linked to the story from John Gruber, you know, where he says he goes, uh, I I can't imagine myself like you said, Jeff, like wearing the, a big pair of goggles for eight hours a day, you know, walking around, but. You know, I mean, several years ago, I wouldn't imagine that I would have a smartwatch or even, you know, frankly, an iPhone or an iPad that I'd be walking around with. And like you said, it just evolves. And we've said this over and over and over. Apple's not the first to, uh, you know, present a, a, a product. But when they decide they want to go all in on something, then it becomes the best. And yeah. maybe that's what's going to happen with the, the headset. Yeah, it'll be interesting to think. We're not done with Apple news yet. You link to several other great stories. I saw this several play. This is pretty fascinating. Apple has always done such a great job on providing accessibility features, both in the iPhone and on the watch. And so John Vores at Mac Stories reported on Apple uh, have a long, long list of adding some additional accessibility features here. This is pretty fun. I mean, there's some really interesting stuff in here, like door detection and some live captioning. Incredible stuff. Yeah, it's neat stuff. Apple's going to have their developer conference, WWDC, in just a few right. weeks. And when they That's have right. that, they're going to show us the next version of the operating system. My guess is they took some of those items um, from, you know, instead, in, it would it makes sense to talk about them today because this apparently was, you know, accessibility week. And so it was a way to sort of focus exactly. on just because right. the accessibility features, because in a few weeks, they'll probably get lost in the shuffle with the bigger features. But there's some really, really interesting things in here. Um, there's the one wow. that, you know, if you're blind or with low vision and you're getting closer to a door, you can actually use an iPhone and the iPhone will see the door. It will communicate to you, you know, how far you are to the door that you're getting closer. But what's really interesting is, you know, using AI type technology, it will tell you this is a door you push or this is a board door that you pull, or here's a sign that's on the door or right next to the Incredible. door and it'll read it to you. I'm like, wow, this is interesting because I mean, my vision's, you know, okay. And I still sometimes mess up with doors that a push or a pull and stuff like that. So, you know, I, it would definitely be interesting for the, um, the iPhone, et cetera, to figure that stuff automatically. Another one that was really interesting, and there's a bunch of them in here, but yeah. um, they have the ability to have captions for pretty much any video on an iPhone or an iPad, you know, anything that's right. playing a video, whether you're streaming a movie from Netflix or whether you are, you know, watching something that you recorded yourself or, or any other type of video source, um, even live video, if you're having like a FaceTime conversation with you, exactly. it can do live captions. And Google's been doing a version of this for a while. Wow. Even Microsoft has it and Microsoft Teams that will do live captions. You know, we've seen other companies have done this. Apple would not be the first, but 
If Apple could do it throughout the entire device, I think, first of all, that would be fantastic for people that have that are hard of hearing. Um, yeah. But just like yeah. any accessibility feature, accessibility features really are useful for everybody in some way. And um, I mentioned in my post today that I, I sometimes yeah. watch movies um, or TV shows on my TV and I turn on live captions, not because I can't hear the words, but just because maybe with the accents, it's a little hard to understand them right. or right. or maybe we there's such a loud background. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes they're annoying. Sometimes I turn them on, but I love having the feature. Even if it was designed for people that have um, hearing issues, I, I enjoy using it as well. And likewise, if the iPhone had the ability to provide live captions of anything being spoken from any right. video source. Incredible. I bet you I would use that at some point. So yeah. I love that Apple's doing this stuff for, for, for all the right reasons and so that it filters down for everybody. It's neat stuff. So these features are not available yet, right? They no. were just sort of announcing it like it's coming very yeah. soon. And they, and okay. I, my okay. what my prediction is sometime in the next year. You know, it may be the first yeah, version right. of iOS 16 that comes out in the fall, or maybe it'll be 16.1 or 0.2. Or, you know, it, but at some point, you know, between now and, and May of next year, these should be coming out. This is something, another, just a quick thing I wanted to note on here, because we've talked about this before with the Apple Watch now, you can actually do gestures with your hand while you're wearing an Apple Watch, uh, which some of these are already available, right? It's something like you can you can pinch your fingers together or clench your fist or so. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that will, that will uh, cre create an action or do something on the watch. And it looks like that they're improving some of these as well. Like it says right here, if you want to start a meditation uh, from Apple Fitness, plus you can double pinch <laughs> mm -hmm. your fingers and i guess because of the way that your your tendons or something within your hand works that will trigger an action on the watch that is just i haven't played with this yet but that's just fascinating to me yeah it's neat stuff good stuff keep keep going apple <laughs> we need we need more of that a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, we talked about how AT&T was going to be raising their rates, and we weren't so happy about it, but it sounds like they're not alone. <laughs> it looks like uh, some of the other carriers are going to follow suit. You had a link to Verizon, uh, where they're going to up their bill just a little bit, and I love this little bit of a tongue-in-cheek here on the verb the Verge story that you link to, it says, file this one under ambiguous fee increases. <laughs> What's funny, just to sort of juxtapose the two, when AT&T did it, and we talked about it a week or two ago, we talked about how they were going to raise rates on the older plans to encourage people to move towards the unlimited plans, which are a little bit more expensive. Right. So yes, uh, that's right. that is understandable. The, what the Verge is making fun of on the Verizon stuff is the explanations that they have for the rates are, you know, <laughs> economic adjustment charge. Yeah, it's like what, right. It's like they, it's almost like they randomly pick two words of the dictionary yeah. and put the charge. You're on making it. that up. It's you know, it's the blue sunset charge. It's you know, right. what, what do you <laughs> even know? So they're just charging more money. Just say that you're raising your rates. Don't don't give it some. You yeah, know, don't try to charges. cover it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I got to tell you, I mean, I I don't have a lot of patience for this. I mean, I know it's it's just the way that it is. I mean, even when I'm traveling uh, today, I, I remember I was talking to the hotel, and it's like I'm here for three days, and every day is a different rate. <laughs> And of course it goes up and I, of and I, I'm asking the front desk. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't really understand like, why are these rates? And you know, they don't have, they don't have a, a good explanation or at least not an explanation that satisfies me. And it's just like, <laughs> there's so many fees that just throw in, like they, they, mm -hmm. they throw in a fee. Anyway, it just, I don't have a lot of patience for this and I don't know what we can really do about it as consumers other than speak up. But if you're on, you know, we were talking about AT&T last time and you're going to raise your rates. And if you're on Verizon, you can't get away from it either. And it looks like that that's going to be happening on that as well. 
<laughs> now, we talked also, I think, last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago, one of your tips was the speed test uh, uh, app, which I, is fantastic. I use that all the time. But the company, it's Ookla, I think, right? Is that how you say it? O-O-K-L-A, Ookla. I just like saying that anyway. They had a neat story that you linked to this week as well where they were rating some of the best uh, Wi-Fi or the fastest free Wi-Fi at airports, uh, not just in the United States, but around the world as well. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that people are using the speed test app all the time. And I'm sure travelers especially use it to test the speed. So they have all this data of, you know, how fast the Wi-Fi networks are at different airports around the world. So it was interesting for them to come out with the report. Perhaps it's not surprising that San Francisco's airport, you know, being a very tech, you know, area was so good. Um, Seattle next, which sort of makes sense with Microsoft being up there, I suppose. But, you know, they have a list of the other ones that were really good, Dallas, Chicago and stuff. And then outside of the United States, I think Dubai was the best. And then Amsterdam and then Charles de Gaulle in Paris. So it's interesting. I don't always use, I mean, sometimes I use public Wi-Fi at airports. Sometimes I just get a little nervous because I know that they're right. so heavily used that you just never yeah. know if somebody could use some hacker software to, to snoop into what you're doing. If I have right. an option to use cellular, then that's just what I do. Um, but of course, if you yeah. live in the United States and you're traveling internationally, you may not have a cellular plan or you may need to get a local SIM somewhere else. So then you are going to use Wi-Fi. But it's interesting to see this ranking for people that, that travel a lot, I'm sure that they will have uh, their own you know, viewpoint on which one of these Wi-Fis are faster than others. What's also particularly interesting, if you look at the chart, there's such a wide discrepancy. I mean, yeah, and I guess we've all experienced okay. this in real life too. Sometimes you're using public Wi-Fi in an airport and it's like, wow, this is pretty good. And then sometimes it is dismally slow and yes. I've certainly yes. experienced that before. You know, a word of caution I tell people too, one of the one of the reasons I don't typically use uh, free or public Wi-Fi, even at airport, mostly I see it at airports, but really anywhere, is that pretty much anybody could set up like a rogue wireless hotspot True. and they will call it free airport Wi-Fi, right? And so when you when you log on with your phone or when you see the available Wi-Fi hotspots, you say, oh, well, there's, you know, free wi- airport Wi-Fi. And you think, well, that's the one I'm going to join. And it's not always. It could be rogue. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody does that all the time, but I just I don't I don't trust something if it's so um, uh, uh, detailed exactly like what it says. If, if some mm-hmm. of that makes sense, and then other times I've been burned too, Jeff. And I don't know if if this is still the way it is, but it'll be maybe free Wi-Fi or airport Wi-Fi, and you log on, and then of course it only gets you to another page where you have to pay. <laughs> I think yeah. Boingo hotspots and some of those. So, yeah. I, but I do like the fact that Ookla did this because some airports do today at least provide free public Wi-Fi. Just make sure again that you're logging on to the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they even talked about it here that it's, you know, Wi-Fi airport standard or what it, you know, what it says. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, quickly, I just thought this was interesting that um, the report also said that if you g- go into a lounge at the airport, those are a little bit different. I've, I've sometimes been known to like, you know, I can't get into the lounge, but I'll sit outside the wall, <laughs> uh, the, the door and sometimes log on to that Wi-Fi hotspot if I can. And yeah. it has been faster, but uh, they lock that down sometimes. So I can't always do that. But if you have a chance to get into a lounge, this report is talking about that they, they there usually is faster Wi-Fi there, so that's another option that you have. I suppose we should also mention that if you use public Wi-Fi a lot, whether it be at an airport or somewhere else, you know, of course, you should consider whether you want to subscribe to one of the private VPN services. And they have pluses yes. or minuses too. Um, great, I've used some of them tip. in the past. Um, we actually, at my own law firm, we have a little VPN service through my firm so that I can just that nice. you know, without paying an extra service, I can just dial into my firm and do it. So if if this is a frequent part of your world, you know, take a look at VPN. You probably already know. Absolutely. That. 
Let's talk passwords now. One of our favorite topics that we yes. always like to talk about, and even better, our favorite password manager is 1Password. And boy, if you have been on the fence about getting 1Password, today is your day. <laughs> They're having a 50% off sale. And I know 1Password's getting ready to upgrade some of their uh, their apps. The Mac app, I think we just upgraded, and they, they've even let, I, I think I have like the beta version on the iPhone and iPad as well. Uh, go out and get it if you don't have one already my goodness we, we talked recently good. about maybe having a passwordless future and you know but that's still a little ways away for now you certainly need that's to right. use passwords and even when you get to that future i still think there's going to be a place for a password manager so um so i you know use a password manager if you're listening to if you're savvy enough to know how to turn on a podcast then right. you should be able to figure out how to use a password manager that's and right i don't care which one you use but i personally love one password and yeah. um and i've used yeah. it for a long time so but the, but the, but the price just in uh the discount right now is pretty good. I suspect it's just for like a year. I don't know how long it's for, but a personal account, which usually costs $36, you know, 18 bucks is pretty good. But what oh, I really like great. is the family account. You know, if you're married or have a partner or yeah. something or others, um, I pay, I happily pay $60 a year for one password Same. families. Same. But if you can get it for 30 bucks a year, that's great. Because I mean, for me, it's, you know, and my, my wife and I use it not only individually, but we have things that we share between the two of us. So if yes. she updates the password for a utility company, it's automatically updated for me and I don't have right. to ask her about it. And then I have my kids on it too, and they don't use it a lot. Same. But they do use it for, you know, I, I I teach them, you know, if you want the Netflix password, <laughs> you need to go that's into right. the password manager. That's right. You know, that's the carrot to get them to start to use it, to put their stuff in there. So try to, to well teach done. them young. So um, anyway, I, I strongly may, encourage yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. And LastPass is probably the other one that a lot of people would use. I just throw that one out there. There's several mm -hmm. of them, but to me, those are the two that I usually recommend is 1Password and LastPass. And just quickly, Jeff, because you're always good to point this out too, and you said this the last time we talked about it, I don't use 1Password just for passwords. Correct. I've got all kinds of information in there that I just know that I need to have. It's almost like my digital uh, fireproof safe. <laughs> in Good other analogy. words, it's a place. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's a place where I put all kinds of information that I know. Like for example, from you know, I take care of a lot of my uh, my, my finances and stuff for my parents. Uh, and you know, my 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 dad that passed away. It's like there's a lot of paperwork, right? Now I don't necessarily keep all the documents in there, but I do want to make sure that I like I've got it separated off. Like these are you know, accounts from my mom or, you know, information about when I called somebody, you can put notes in all the passwords. And I use that little notes field a lot whenever I put in a password. You know, for example, when I when I go into a service and I put a password there, sometimes it requires you to put in some security answers, right? So I put those security answers in my notes in there because I don't, Me you too. know, sometimes it asks different questions on that. So I just wanted to point that out. You're always good to say that too, but that's the way I use it. And I absolutely do the same thing with the family plan. I share it with my wife and it just makes it so much easier so that we're not emailing passwords back and forth, which is yeah. not, not very secure, of course, on there. So, okay, your, your that's two factor, you, I mean, I just mentioned a couple more, your two-factor code, yeah. it can take care of that yes, for you. exactly. Um, and for me, anything that's just a little bit more private, whether it be some medical information for me or yes, one of my kids exactly. or something like that. I, I want to put it somewhere just to remember it. Mm -hmm. And although if I put it in the notes app, it's probably perfectly safe, like the built-in one. Why not? 
put, you know, anything that just seems a little bit more secret to me, why not Absolutely. put it in a password manager? That way, even if somebody got access to my phone, you know, they, they would have to go through extra barriers and not be able to get into it. Just to, like you say, it's just a nice safe place to put things in, in the oh, safe. Man. So we could just fan. keep going on and on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I warned everybody, it's one of our favorite <laughs> topics to talk about on there. All right. So if you haven't subscribed to Apple News Plus or Apple TV Plus or Apple Arcade or any of the other services, you had a nice link here, Jeff, where Costco now will uh, sell you a subscription. I'm not sure it's the right way to go. But um, anyway, it's just it's interesting that if you are a Costco customer, here's another option for you. I never even thought that you could get Apple services through Costco. So in some ways for me, that's the story, <laughs> you know, how bizarre. And although some of them are, are not, you know, just a small discount, like five bucks a year off, but one of them, right. the Apple news right. service, you know, currently if you just want Apple news and I don't know anybody that only wants Apple news, but if you right. only wanted Agreed. Apple news, it's 10 bucks a month. So that's 120 a year. Whereas right. through Costco it's 90. So you save 30 90, bucks. Right. So that's a real savings. Right. But as I pointed out today, that once you, if you're going to start to get a couple of these services, you should look oh, at yeah. some of the Apple one bundles. Um, whether you Absolutely. do the lower end bundle or the one that I have, which is the, the most expensive one at 30 bucks a month because it includes everything. And it that that's actually a good way to save money. But if you if for some reason you don't want Apple Music because let's say you're a Spotify customer and you don't want another one, but if you just wanted to pick or choose one or two of these services, Apple News or Apple Arcade or um, – yeah. What's the, the third one in here? The uh, Apple News, Apple Arcade, and uh, Apple TV, and, and Apple TV Plus, of course. So yeah. a really good one. Um, this might be a way to just get that that one targeted service for a little bit cheaper. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would say I held off a long time going to Apple One, and you convinced me, Jeff, and and I would not look back. I mean, mm-hmm. I now I'm paying. We're paying thirty dollars a month, I believe. Yeah, it's right? a real cost, we do yeah. premiere, but. It, I share that across all the family. So everybody, and I got to tell you, you know, the, for just even the Apple News, I didn't think that that was that important. But it's just nice that it's it's a it's a beautiful interface and it's well curated and also a lot of magazines. I just was able to get like the free Men's Health magazine and mm-hmm. and just the way that it's formatted within the Apple News app is fantastic. So obviously, yes. I'm not trying to sell just this week, Apple I was, services, uh, but if you're a Star Wars nerd like I am, I've always enjoyed Star Wars. There was a great uh, cover story. In I think it was Vanity Fair this week with all these different stories about the different Star Wars movies and oh, series yeah? that are coming out. Um, and again, I was just reading that on my iPad and I get through Apple News Plus, so it was uh, it's nice, fantastic. I would say it like just like you, I agree. If you're going to get one of these services and you're going to get it through Costco, just consider going up to the Apple One. And just quickly, I would say it's interesting that Costco, like you said, is selling these subscriptions. I remember. Uh, many years ago, Costco was selling, of course, a lot of Apple products. And then there was a brouhaha. I don't remember how long ago this was, but Costco stopped selling all Apple products. It was almost like a year, a year and a half. And I remember because I was upset, I went, I wanted to go into a store and get something because they sometimes will give you a little bit of a discount. And now apparently they shook hands and everybody's happy now because obviously you can go in and Costco usually has at the very front there like an Apple TV table <laughs> or several. And they really have some good prices. I even uh, just recently got some Apple uh, AirPods Pro uh, for my wife, and you know, I think we saved like twenty or thirty dollars on the price there at Costco. Anyway, just good stuff. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It's I always think of Costco and and Sam's Club the same idea as being like right? know, bulk purchases, like just the place that you go when you want to buy a whole bunch of something. And so it's yeah. always interesting oh. to me when these things are there. When I uh, the personal story when I graduated from law school a long time ago now, uh, a bunch of people in my family, my, my grandparents on both sides, my parents, they all sort of pitched in to get 
and purchase for me as a present a um a baby grand piano which is great because i love to play piano Whoa. but they bought it at sam's club <laughs> of all places <laughs> the last place you would ever think to buy a wow. piano but it was a good discount in fact they got me the floor model which had a little dent in it so they saved some more money but i still <laughs> use that piano to this day but whenever i tell people that the piano came really? from sam's club they're always like oh did you have to buy like a case of them or something yeah like that? right like, right P- pianos in bulk <laughs> exactly but i still love that <laughs> piano so even you know they but they they found the place that could get the, the best possible deal on it wow, not the place knew? you would expect to buy a piano and i i still use it every day all this many years later so all right that's a great that's a great story pianos in bulk i, I love it <laughs> last link that you had because you always have a, a a fun one at the end i had i missed this video and i'm so glad you linked uh, to it this is another video from apple where the, what is it called it's called uh, data auction right mm-hmm. so so here i'll open this up and and uh, youtube but it's great that they, they've done this before it's apple basically highlighting the fact that on the iphone they can they will protect your privacy uh this is really cool this young lady goes into this room and they're auctioning off like her email tracking and and uh, her contacts and everything what a neat little uh video here and I think it was just a week or two that we were talking about the video that Apple did this time last yes. year called yes. Tracked, which is another yes. fantastic video of, you know, the guy gets in his car and every everywhere he buys something following him around. So I just think, you know, these not, pri- privacy can be a little bit complicated of a topic. And these ads yeah. that Apple has done just do a fantastic job of really bringing it home so that you understand what they're talking about and what you get so from good. Apple versus some of their competitors. Yeah. So it's uh, plus I always like a clever, funny ad. No no matter what. Um, Absolutely. So in fact, you know, we don't have it in the links today, but I mentioned it in, in, in my, in the news post today that there is a company that is selling an ad for like this accessibility oh, service. Oh yes, you did. Um, but, and I don't <laughs> want to give it away if you haven't clicked on it, but suffice it to say. Uh, okay, we won't give it away. User, yeah. user way, if you haven't clicked on that link yet, uh, you might be surprised at what you hear. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so good. That's good. Worth checking out, worth checking out. So, so back to the privacy videos, just real quick. The reason that they're doing this is that you can go in and they're highlighting like in the settings, there is mail privacy protection. So that's one of the things that you can protect your mail activity uh, or tur- turn it off or on. And so that's one of the things I just wanted to let people know, like that that is the purpose of a lot of these ads that you can go in and in some of the settings. We've talked about these before where you can just say, you know, don't track like, a, you know, a- ad tracking transparency, all that kind of stuff that Apple throws in there, which is uh, which is good stuff on there. Thanks for linking to the fun, fun thing on there. In the know, here's my tip today. I, I recently had to go and switch this, and I think most people know that you can do this already. If I get a text message on my phone, m- many times, Jeff, I don't like to reply on my phone, especially if I've got to do a longer message. I like to reply either on my Mac or on my iPad because I've got sure. a keyboard associated with those devices. Now, you know, I, I've just done this so much that it almost take it for granted. If it's an iMessage, in other words, if it's coming from another user that is using an Apple product, that typically will synchronize through all of my devices. The blue circles. But the blue, the blue, the blue bubbles, exactly. But if it's somebody that is not using an iPhone, for example, and they're using an Android phone or something else, that's the green bubbles, right? it doesn't automatically synchronize across all my devices. So I got a new iPad, you know, not too long ago, 
and I had not turned this on. So one of the things that you can do is if on your iPhone, because that's obviously the hub for any kind of text messages is the iPhone, but you can go into your settings and you can go down to messages and you can go to text message forwarding. And so you can go in there and it, when, it'll show you what other devices, Apple devices, that you have connected to your iCloud account. So here in this little uh, Apple support page here, you can see this is what I did. There's John's MacBook Pro, and then there's John's iPad Pro. So all I had to do was go into my phone, go to settings, go to messages, go to text message forwarding, and, and I turned on, I toggled on forwarding the text messages, usually the SMS, MMS, to my iPad. So that way now everything synchronizes. Although it, it, it works so well. Like, like I said, I almost take it for granted, especially with iMessages, because everything shows up in all of my text messages. But I like the fact that I can go to any device and see all my text message conversations. It's all the same. It's all synchronized. And it really, you know, sometimes it pops up on all of them that I can get it annoying, but you can, you can control the notifications there. But if I see a message on my phone and I, I want to do a longer reply, then I can just jump directly onto my Mac or my iPad, which are typically with, <laughs> close by me anyway. And I can just reply that way. So just want to let everybody know that you can turn that on. That's called text message forwarding. Yeah, that's a good tip. And in fact, I remember a situation years ago now where much like you described, I had a new iPad and I noticed that some text messages weren't showing up on my iPad, even though they were right. on my iPhone. And right. uh, apparently I didn't have this turned on for some reason. So I went and turned it on. And, and of course I now I don't think about it. And so many right. of my text messages are the blue bubbles. I don't get right. a lot of green right. bubbles that I, I probably went a while before I even noticed it, but then it was really weird. Cause I'm like, where, where's this message? I know that I communicated with right. one of my neighbors and, and same thing. Android. So, um, so it's a, it's a good tip to look out for. If you don't have it turned on, you should definitely have it turned on. I'm, I'm curious. I don't even know. Maybe Apple turns it on by default nowadays. I don't know, but if they don't, they should. Um, but yeah. it's easy enough to, check and see that you have it. So the tip that I have for today is a follow-up of something that I discussed last year. And we talked about it on um, episode 30 of this podcast uh, back in December. But one of the things that is interesting about AirPods Pro, unlike the regular AirPods, is that with the AirPods Pro, the, the tips that go into your ear are removable. And Apple does this so that you can use either a small, medium, or large size. But I've never been a big fan of the Apple earbuds because I sort of find that they sort of move around in my ear and, and don't hold very well. And so I've been trying alternative tips really ever since I first got my first AirPods Pro a long time ago. And the ones that I tried out in last November, and I reported on them in December, and I mentioned it here in the podcast, uh -huh. were made by this company yep. called Comply. And right. I mention it because they are they are just pure foam. I've tried some in the past that were foam underneath the silicon that you would have for the Apple earbuds, but right. these are just foam, and you just put them on the end. And um, I, you know, I mentioned them because I just bought a new pair this week because the ones that I got about six seven okay. months ago they were starting to. And this is what foam, you know, this foam sort of stuff does over time. It started to fall apart, and I right, noticed right, yesterday right. that one of them was sort of like half torn or something. Um, so that's fine. So I bought another pair. They're twenty five bucks. You get three for twenty five bucks. When I bought it last year. I bought a set of small, medium, large because I wasn't okay. sure which one I was going to use. I should have just guessed that I would want the large one. And that sure enough is what I wanted. So this time I bought just a set of three larges. So I should be good for another year and a half. So right. I guess they right. last about six or seven months and they start to fall apart. But I have... 
of all of that I have tried since the very first day I've had an AirPod Pro, for me, this has been the best. They don't move around in my ear. Really? They, they're, they're very easy to snap on and snap off because they've got the connector on it automatically. In the old days, you had to sort of jimmy around, but this, this you just stick them on. They take So if you own AirPods Pro, but you don't feel like you have the best possible fit on the tip, you know, my tip is to explore alternatives. <laughs> and if you're looking for a specific one that nice. just happens to work for my ears, it's this one, the ones made by Comply. And there's other companies that make phone ones too. You can probably right. get them for a little bit cheaper. I had heard good reviews of these and they've worked fantastically well for me. So I just thought it would be good to share a tip that, you know, six months later, when anytime I'm still using something this many months later, I really like it's it. It's good. Now, I right, will mention right. that there are rumors. There's always rumors. There's always rumors, but there are rumors that Apple is looking to come out with a new version of <laughs> yes. AirPods Pro this fall. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. In fact, even if they, even if Apple wanted to do it right, with all of right. the supply disruptions in the world and everything else, they, they right. may have planned to do it this year and it may be pushed off for another year or two. And then even if Apple does come out with new AirPods Pro, would they use the same tips or would they use something different? So right. who knows? So it's right. possible that I spent 25 bucks on something in May. And if I were to upgrade later this year, which is also a big if, maybe I'd have to get something different. So, I mean, you know, there's always uncertainties with any technology, but I'll just mention that out there in the world of AirPods. But I've been very happy with these tips. They have made the experience of using AirPods Pro, which I love. They have made it right. much better oh, for yes. me. So, uh, so think about it. If uh, Now I'm curious. On AirPods Pro. I didn't think like this is something I didn't think that I I might be interested in. Mm-hmm. I've always been happy with the silicon that, that that come with it. And by the way, they they Apple does supply like three different sizes, right? You got a small, medium, yeah, and large. So. I think, and usually the medium silicone are what's on the the AirPods Pro. And frankly, they that's always worked just fine for me. I have noticed that in some t- times, especially if I'm sweaty a little bit, that you know they'll get a little bit loose. I'm mm-hmm. very interested in the in the foam aspects uh on this now and by the way i like on on your article here you you talk about here's a bonus tip the uh iphone has an ear tip fit test and you show a little picture of it on here you know regardless of what you do like i don't know exactly how this works but it can tell you if the tips that you're using create a good seal uh especially for like noise canceling or that kind of a thing that and i forget that's in the settings i think right somewhere if you go into the settings if If you go into settings and then the bluetooth and then you select the airpods pro then you'll see some specific things that you can change on the AirPods Pro, like what happens when, yeah. you, when you click them, like what, what does it trigger Siri or does it trigger, you know, changing the, uh, whether it's noise canceling or not noise canceling. But one of the things right. in there is to do a little test. And I have mixed emotions. That's I have mixed good. experiences with that test. Sometimes the test tells me that I oh, don't have a perfect seal, but it actually sounds perfectly great to me. Um, but <laughs> right. on the other hand, if I think it sounds good and if this report tells me that it's also a good seal, well, then I guess that's just confirmation that I'm hearing what I yeah. should be hearing. So, yeah. Excellent. Good tip. Literally. <laughs> Always fun talking with you, Jeff. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brad. Bye-bye, everybody.